Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. Today we're going to do potato rosemary. So we first introduced this loaf in the month of March as a bread special, and it definitely was a big hit, but it, often the case, you introduce a bread and everybody kind of gets excited about it, and then after a while, the sales kind of die down. So we ended up taking it off the menu, and I had my new franchisees that are going to be opening up in the Dallas market. They were here for training, and I um, showed them our recipes, whatever, and asked them if they wanted to try anything else. Because I give them about 90% of the breads that they're going to start with, and then I want them to pick you know, either their favorites or something that maybe their market might enjoy. And so she picked potato rosemary. So we added it to the bread schedule for that day. And then I interviewed them and she indicated that was her favorite bread at House of Bread. <laughs> and they definitely decided to add that one to the menu. So since she talked about it on that podcast where I interviewed her, I figured I better cover the bread, her favorite bread. And when we made it, we just did a small recipe, which produces about, oh, I think it produced about nine to 10 loaves. And since it's not normally on our bread schedule, we don't have a following for it. We wanted to make sure we sold it. And so what I did is I put it on our sample board and then I asked the customers to try our new bread hot out of the oven. And I also asked my staff to make sure that everyone got offered a hot slice of uh, potato rosemary bread. Anyway, I was pretty proud of myself that I got them all sold and I left about 11 a.m. So I am going to go through the recipe today and I will include it in the show notes as usual. And the potato breads can be either be made with real mashed potatoes or you can just go get the instant mashed potato flakes and add them. The bread was traditionally made to add a hearty starch ingredient to the flour. And they also use potatoes because sometimes they started running out of flour, especially in the spring back in the olden days. So they started using potatoes. And I actually like it. It adds a little bit of a softness to it. It has more fiber and protein in it because of the potato. Potatoes are actually really healthy for you. And um, it's just like bread. Bread can be really healthy for you too. But unfortunately, sometimes people lump it all together as, oh, carbohydrates, you know, they make you fat or whatever people think. But the reality is a potato when your whole grain breads are very healthy. And if you add the potatoes, you're getting more fiber and more protein. But with the potatoes, you're also going to increase the number of carbohydrates in the loaf. But they're the good kind. Not all carbohydrates are created equal. Okay, and the rosemary is optional. I mean, just by the off chance that you don't like rosemary, you can also add in another herb in the same amount of proportions that is going to be in the recipe. Or you can kind of skip them all together and just call it potato bread. And you really aren't going to discern a distinctive potato flavor, but you will notice a nice, oh, kind of a denser texture and consistency and a bit of chew in the bread, especially in the crust. And in this recipe, I added olive oil because I think that also makes it a little bit softer and chewier. So you want to start with a cup of mashed potatoes. And it really is the consistency like mashed potatoes, kind that you would have like on Thanksgiving dinner. And you can use real potatoes to make the mashed potatoes, or like I said, you can just use the potato flakes and keep it simple. And if you wanted to use sweet potatoes, you could do that as well. Sweet potatoes adds a nicer kind of a pinker color. 
I do have another recipe that I do have a sweet potato bread recipe that I will cover in the future. And then you want to add your two cups of warm water. And that's just turn on your faucet, let it get really warm. It's kind of the warm water that you like want to wash your face in or your hands. Um, so not super hot, but definitely warm and, and nice to the touch. And then you take your water, your two cups of water, and you stir it in with potatoes. And you just sort of, you know, mix them a little bit. And so it's kind of a slurriness. And then you add your yeast. And so this is active dry yeast. It's two packages if you use those guys or one and three-fourths tablespoons. And then three cups of unbleached flour, the bread type. So not pastry. I want a higher protein flour for bread. And then one cup of whole wheat flour, and I prefer stone ground whole wheat flour, and then also to having it be a bread flour with the higher protein. Three tablespoons of honey, and then two tablespoons of olive oil. And when you're baking with olive oil, you really don't need to have the expensive kind of olive oil. So just regular old olive oil is fine. You don't need the extra virgin. Extra virgin olive oil is great for dipping, and that's worth worth the money because you really can taste it. But when, quite frankly, when you're baking or cooking for that matter, there's not that much benefit in, in spending that much more money. And then one tablespoon of rosemary that's ground and dried. Now, if you have the sprigs or sometimes people call them rosemary seeds, then basically you want about double the amount. So it's one tablespoon of the dried because they're more condensed. And if you're going to use fresh, then use about two tablespoons. And what I look like to do with all my dried herbs, I, I find that it releases the flavor that has been locked in during the drying process. Just sort of rub the dried herbs between your hands, or you can crumble the seeds um, before the, you add them into your, your mixture. Furthermore, adding rosemary to the olive oil first will also bring out the flavors much more so. And if your recipe doesn't have olive oil, or if you're not gonna use the olive oil that's in this recipe, then just add your herbs into the water. So you definitely want to hydrate them uh, in order to get the full flavor out of them. And then one tablespoon of garlic that's very finely chopped, or you can use granulated garlic. If you're going to use powdered garlic, I probably would cut them out in half because once again, it's a little bit denser. And then one tablespoon of salt and then two teaspoons of black pepper. And like I said, you can adjust for your own personal taste. You can decrease or increase the amount of salt, the pepper, the rosemary, or you can use a, a quarter cup of sugar in place of the three tablespoons of honey. You just want to think about what you're adding in. Is it a dry or a wet? Because you want to try to stick to the texture. With this bread, you really got to get a feel for the dough. So I was surprised when I made it in the bakery. It's the first time I've made it in a long time. I had to add a bunch of flour. And maybe I didn't make my mashed potatoes the right way. <laughs> or whatever, but I remember looking at the recipe again and thinking, hmm, this is a lot of flour I'm having to add. I mean, obviously it tasted great, but yeah, so I actually went and adjusted the uh, recipe because when you're adding, you know, up to a cup of flour to these smaller recipes, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, or if you look at it this way, if you're adding up to 20%, it doesn't matter a whole lot, but you start getting adding more than that, you got to adjust everything else. Um, so I ended up having to add a little more yeast, a little more salt, and then I think I even threw in a little more olive oil or whatever. So anyway, so I did get it to turn out 
Uh, and that's really because I was going by the feel. So remember that in all the recipes for breads, people weigh out their ingredients or somebody do by volume or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You still need to get to the, the ability to be able to get a good feel for the dough. And that's why I like hand kneading because it really forces you to. And with this dough, it's going to be, um, it's not a real stiff dough. So it's a little softer and it's a little wetter and it's going to stick to your hands initially. But really, as you start kneading it, it's going to absorb. The moisture is going to get absorbed through the kneading process. If you feel like, okay, this is way too sticky, then you're probably right. And just add a tablespoon of flour at a time and then try to mix it for another, you know, whatever, 10, 15 seconds and then feel it again. So you're kind of repeating it until you get, you know, more of a smooth ball. The other thing is just remember is that you can add a little more flour on the table, you know, because you got to shape the loaf, even if you use a mixer for making this. And, you know, we use a mixer, so I'm not against mixers. It just sometimes I think new bakers tend to turn the mixer on. It says, oh, knead for five to 10 minutes. And then so they knead for seven and a half minutes and then shut the machine off and call it good. Now, you kind of have to adjust when you are in that kneading stage because it's really about texture. So it's that's the moisture content. And then also to gluten development. The gluten development has to do with the kneading process um, and just kneading long enough so that you develop the protein strands. On this recipe, just plan on kneading for about eight to 10 minutes. And so after you're done, then just put the dough back in the mixer bowl, cover with a damp towel if you got it. And if you don't have a damp towel, it's not that big of a deal. Um, you can also just add a little olive oil on top. When I say a little, that means a little. I just don't want the crust drying out. And then put it in a warm place. You don't have to use any type of oven, so you don't need a warming setting or proofing setting, whatever they have. Just, you know, stick it. If you have sunlight coming in your house, stick it in there. If you don't, don't worry about it. It's just going to affect how long it has to proof. In the general rule, about an hour and a half or until the dough doubles in bulk. And then what you're going to do is you can pick it up and put it on a flat floured surface that's lightly floured. And then I would shape, well, how we shape it is a traditional loaf because we do use it for sandwiches and whatnot. And so this recipe is going to make two of your traditional loaves. And then you just want to put them in your bread pans and make sure your pans are sprayed pretty well. Since it is kind of a wetter dough and it's softer, it has a tendency to stick more to the side of the, your bread pans. And then at some point you want to uh, preheat your oven to 350 degrees. And so then it's going to undergo its second rising, which is takes place in your baking pans. I look at it this way is that it should rise slightly above your pans. But if you have really big pans, just keep in mind, you want to get a, a growth of about, oh, about two inches on the doughs. And this really depends, again, on the warmth of the room and also, too, how you knead, your kneading process. But anyway, that should take the second rising should be about 15 to 40 minutes. And this is a, one of those loaves that you really are not going to overproof. So if you let it sit out there for an hour, it's probably going to be fine. You can't underproof, it's just going to be a little bit shorter and denser. So if it went in doubt, probably let it go a little bit longer. And I like the look of an egg wash on top of this loaf. So you just crack one egg and then add a little bit of water to it. And you're kind of just scrambling it to so the egg whites and the yolk are mixed together. And just brush it on top. And then if you have some sprinkled rosemary sprigs or something like that, that looks really nice on the loaves. 
So we actually use ground rosemary in our recipe, but we I like the rosemary seeds or sprigs, whatever you want to call them, and I sprinkle them on top. And so now you just want to put the pans in the middle of your preheated oven, and it's going to bake probably around 45 minutes. And like I said, all ovens have different temperatures and everybody's loaf pans are different sizes. Plan on checking it at about 40 minutes. And so it should have a nice golden color. If you want to take the temperature of it, you poke it in the middle and it should pass 180. So even like 185, 190, that's what I'd like to see it. And then when it's finished baking, just take it out. And if you can put it on a wire rack, that'd be better just so it doesn't get soggy on the bottom. And like I said, it's a little bit of more of a fragile loaf. When we are taking it out of the oven, we take them right out of the pans into onto a wire rack. I, m- I remember one of them got a little bit damaged, which was fine because I was sampling this loaf anyway. So we always try to do that at the bakery. If something gets a little bit damaged in the process of taking it out of the oven, then that becomes a great sample loaf. But I'm sure at home, your family is not going to care if there's a little bit of indentation on the side of a loaf of bread. And Eloise, you should probably wait before you start slicing into it. But you know what? I have a hard time resisting. And I can tell you this. I <laughs> I sampled my share of bread at the bakery. And there's nothing like hot bread out of the oven. So I go right out of the oven and right to the sample board and try, try to get people trying it. Because most people haven't ever tried hot homemade bread out of the oven. And there's just nothing like it. So... You can resist, you can let it cool about 15 minutes, that's even better, but if you can't, go ahead and tear it off and and consume it right away. This loaf goes great with anything for dinner. You know, it's got a real kind of a subtle moist flavor that's gonna enhance pretty much what you're serving. It's not gonna overpower it a whole lot, unless you think rosemary is too much for whatever your dish is. So like if you're gonna do something like an Italian dinner or something like that, I probably would cut back a little bit on on the rosemary. You could also try substituting basil potato bread. I can't say I've done that, but I bet that would taste pretty good. And it's also great for soups or stews. Or um, the other thing that we've done is we've made this into hamburger buns. Um, and it's got a nice look to it. So we egg wash and put those little rosemary sprigs on it. It's just really, is, it really is a special hamburger bun and it's good. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And for my next episode, I'm going to do another interview. And it's going to be with a woman named Marion, and she teaches my baking classes. So she had taken all the series of them, and she also took that King Arthur week-long class, and then she took some other baking classes and Napa. So she tends to take baking classes, like, (laughs) all over. And so it spends the big bucks. And anyway, so she took my whole series and she's actually a really friendly woman. And I thought, oh, she's going to be great. So I asked her if she wanted to start teaching my classes. And so I helped her with, you know, how to teach. So it's one thing that if you know how to bake, but it's another thing if you know how to teach. was happy to see that she went on. She got her cottage license, which means that she is legally able to start selling her baked goods. And she started selling to a coffee shop and also to, to a farmer's market. So I thought some of you guys might be interested in how to get that process going if you want to just, you know, kind of lightly test out the market for selling your baked goods. And if there's other topics that you would like me to cover, please let me know. So my email address is Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A, at houseofbread.com, and I'd love to hear from you. 
And until next time, everybody, happy baking.